It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. It was a life he thought he'd left behind. See you handle the chips. Go. I've got a job. What job? As a croupier. A guy will come up to your table and deliberately cheat. You'll see him. Stop him. That was a late bet. You're calling me a cheat. The guy will make a big scene. There'll be chaos. And that's when it'll happen. Croupier. Hello, and welcome to The Film with Three Brains. I am Sean in Chicago. And I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. Is that the hamburger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Hamburger and Sam Robble Robble? <laughs> yeah. Robble Robble. All right. Samburger. What are we talking about? Croupier. Oh, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna talk about the movie Croupier, 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 nineteen ninety-eight, Clive Owen breakout film. Directed by a guy named Mike Hodges. And um, it's pretty much the story of a guy in a casino and, you know, his struggle with writing versus being in a casino, working at a casino, I guess. <laughs> I mean, there's more to it than that, but that's that's the gist of it. And uh, I picked it because I couldn't remember it, which is intriguing. <laughs> but I mean, I remembered broad strokes, but uh, it was time for a revisit. And uh, on the whole, I'd say I don't regret it. Um, what did you guys think of it? Um, I liked it. It's, <laughs> I, it's, I saw it when it came out and haven't seen it since. And I think, Sean, like you, I didn't remember. I remember the sort of the overall, you know, the gist of it. But I didn't mm -hmm. remember the details. I, kind of, I didn't really remember what the specific plot was, what plot there is. Um, just that Clive Owen played yeah. a dealer in a, in a casino and that's really it. That's all I could remember. And yeah. I remember it had like noirish elements, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I could remember like what a, those elements were. Yeah. Mystery and thriller, but it's like a neo-noir detective type, you know, voiceover yeah. story. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's it, like the style is noir, but the content isn't much yeah. at all. Not really. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, there's, there's, I, mean, I mean, it doesn't look like noir at all. And I suppose because casinos don't really have shadows. But um, I don't know. I mean, he's great. There's a reason this movie sort of put him on the map. And I feel like the best thing about it is his performance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's all about him. Yeah. What do you think, Sam? I still enjoyed it. I, I think, you know, I, it's one of those things to just start watching it and you get kind of sucked in. Um, you know, he sets up a little mystery. I like, I like, I, I, you know, I think the, the thing to me is like, you kind of wonder why he's reluctant to take the job, to do the job. And then he clearly knows the job. You're like, wait, he's yeah. done this before. You're like, what's the problem? <laughs> and you, you know, normally you'd think like, okay, the problem with being in that environment is that you're going to be, you know, a gambling addict or, or, you know, get into alcohol or whatever. And instead he, you know, when he admits it, he's like, I, I he's like, I, there I was, I was, you know, hooked again. I, you know, 
he said something along the lines, I love seeing people lose. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, <laughs> that was a great I was like, line. I was like, I was like, that is so strange. <laughs> I was like, I like it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, he's not an enigma. He's a contradiction. Yeah. And he is pretty, you know, all over the place. Like with when he's getting his hair done and stuff, he's just, you know, he just lies to people for fun. Just like, yeah, I'm an undertaker, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty harmless. Yeah. But he's a pretty also, huge yeah. asshole. You know, he is kind he's of an asshole. Pretty yeah. unlikable. But normally, you know, what's odd is normally when a main character is 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 a huge dick, I usually don't like it. Mm-hmm. But somehow. For I don't know. I guess I make an exception with this or him and this. I don't know why. I mean, he's not yeah. completely irredeemable. He does have basic human traits that can be considered normal, I suppose. <laughs> but he is kind of a huge dick. Well, you know, it's he. It's weird. He he is his. He has different lines because he he clearly can't tolerate someone cheating, the system. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's. At the, at the same time, it's like he gets in a situation where he cheats on his girlfriend, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, wait a second. So, yeah, you're right. He's, he's a contradiction, not an, not an enigma, mm-hmm. um, but it, he's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, it's he does. He does break some rules. The one that stands out to me is toward the end, I think, when he he gives this punter this bet. This guy sitting at his um, roulette wheel. He gives him eighty bucks, or eighty whatever it is. Um, he calls the wrong number. Do you remember that part? It's it's a it's it's not a big deal. It's just he yeah. just says, "Yeah, my experiment paid off." You know, like he's you know he's not going to change because then the guy takes the free money that he just got, walks to the next next wheel, and puts it back on there. Yeah, and loses it. But when you think about everything, like all the, I mean, obviously he was he broke the rules of fraternization he you know gets into a scuffle with uh one of the cheaters that finds him outside and that's not really his fault but then he's so meticulous about everything he's so worried about losing his job supposedly and then he does this little quick experiment it's kind of like whoa wait a minute <laughs> wouldn't they catch that on the eye in the sky and stuff you know it just seems like a weird risk to take just for a yeah. little I, I think at that point though he felt like he was above kind of everything you know, he's above the players. He, 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 you know, as he's going through the story, he feels like he, pretty much right away, he's he feels like he's above his boss, and his boss can't count as well as he can count. Mm. And so I think by the end of the mo- movie, he's he just feels like he's he's above everything. Yeah, yeah, he's detached. You know, he he used well. So the the whole writer thing is. <laughs> the funniest part to me is how sh- how his current girlfriend um, is you know wants to be with a writer, not a croupier. Yeah, like that's <laughs> like the idea. That's kind of funny to me. I know she had, like, she had an explanation like I'm not I'm not high class or something. I don't know. It's not something like like she wanted it was some some kind of aspirational thing for her to, to be dating a writer. But like I don't think a lot of people want to date writers. I don't think that's <laughs> is yeah. that a thing. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> just a weird probably not <laughs> yeah and their their relationship i mean all relationships are weird yeah. in some way but theirs is the weirdest because he cheats on her she cheats on him you know you kind of you don't know anything um 
except for in the beginning when he kind of says, I'm half in love with her and she knows it, you know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. he's detached in his relationship as well. Yeah. But it was hard to figure that out. I mean, it, it it's really important that her job is, I mean, she's now a security guard at a, at a retail store, but she was a detective. So she was, you know, she's not an idiot. She, she knows what's going on. Yeah. And that, you know, is a big part of the end. I hate to say this, but I think I need someone to explain not the end, but the, no, it is the end. It's kind of like, it's the, the whole, the whole spiel. Like he says, the plant, the, the South African woman that Mm -hmm. his dad sent to him. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that, how does a, a foiled attempted robbery help them that much? I don't think it was foiled. It wasn't foiled. I don't think so. I thought she foiled it because she put it. She made an anonymous call, presumably. Like she she heard the the voicemail message and erased it, so he didn't know when it was going down. This whole yeah, but that didn't really thing. matter. It didn't matter, but it mattered. Well, I mean, that's she didn't that's know what the call was about, though. Either I don't know. I just took it to mean that he was taken by surprise, and then it went ended up going the way it was supposed to. Like, I thought there was supposed to be a commotion and people getting arrested. And while that was happening, Mm -hmm. the actual heist was occurring. Because the guy, the cheater was supposed to get violent. Okay. So I just sort of took that, you know, like he was supposed to get caught. He was supposed to get violent. And I took that to mean that everything we saw was supposed to happen. He just didn't know it was going to happen in the moment. Right. And that that and he just did funny. what he always does. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's just what I thought. Because then, yeah, then like you said, she, you know, he gets the call from her and she's with his dad and she's happy as hell because, you know, her problems are behind her, which I took to mean the heist went off the way it was supposed to. Right. I, yeah, I don't think it's a big deal, but it's it would just be nice to know if he yeah. if his dad, who's, you know. A, a minor part throughout the movie. If he had some grand scheme, you know, like most mystery type movies, you want to like know how the sausage yeah. gets made, you know? <laughs> yeah. They kind of reminded me of the money pit a little bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't ruin it. It just, it just left me with that, the same feeling of, of, mild confusion I had the first time I saw it was like, yeah. well, I was I also wondering like, what's the deal with his girlfriend's death? Right. That was yeah. Pretty, that, that was handled weirdly. Yeah. <clears throat> Cause that's, that's the weirdest part because if, if his dad is, if the whole thing's a con about the bank robbery, why does the girlfriend die? Right. And then, yeah. you know, the, the other cop is like, you know, she made a lot of enemies when she was a detective. Mm-hmm. You know, and it the, the the impression I got is that he was sort of alluding to the fact that maybe he had enemy, you know, that Clive Owen had enemies that could have done it. And then I wondered if it was supposed to be the guy, you know, the guy who got he caught cheating and then tried to accost him and he kicked the shit oh. out of, you know, was it retribution for that? They don't really allude to it exactly, but it's not such a leap to think that it's possible. 
I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of things in this movie that are like that. You know, uh, you know, underexplained, I suppose, which is fine. And I think it's just sort of the the way the movie's made. You know, like there's a lot of edits that are pretty pretty abrupt, and you're just like, wait, uh, what? <laughs> you know, things like that. And I think it just all sort of contributes to this sort of uneasy feeling that the movie creates, you know, on purpose, like a, a slight feeling of discombobulation of unsettled, you know, uh, yeah. which kind of yeah. sticks with you as you're watching this. You're just kind of like, I just, you know, you feel a little like unnerved a little bit here and there where you're like, and you feel a little gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, these people are just like, you're like, oh, people live like this. These are people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> These are the, right. This is their lives. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that in the Christmas. Well, actually, when the robbery happens is the 24th. You know, it's Christmas Eve. Right. They got the hats on and then you're like, you're in a casino. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> in a weird it's, little casino that in a weird like little a, like, a, like a hokey Chinese restaurant or something. I hated the way the casino looked. I think that yeah. was part of what you're saying about the unease and everything it's like the mirrors and the mm -hmm. it's underground and it just doesn't look it doesn't look it didn't make me want to gamble at all yeah no. it doesn't look inviting it doesn't look pleasant mm -mm. it's a it's a place for for gambling addicts yeah yeah but, but as I long as we talk about oh, go ahead. i was gonna say well i i do agree with you that it's it's a little bit confusing a little bit like Maybe a whole bunch. The the scenes that are put together at the end are a little bit haphazard. They're like, like, well, let's throw in that her, you know, that his girlfriend dies. So I'm like, okay, sure, you know, like we'll stick it right here, and you know, not come back to it or not even allude that you know, give a, any foreshadowing that it's ever going to happen. And but I feel like the first two thirds of the movie feel like the character is, you know, he's in such control, seemingly, you know. That you know, it, it it does feel like it's really tight. Like like, he knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going on. He knows the risk he's taking. Like he, you've. So I, I agree with you. I feel like like at the end to not, like it, it's it's doesn't quite go with the first you know roughly three fourths of the movie where it seems yeah. like it's following this really tight path and all of a sudden it's just a whole bunch of little open ended things. And you're like, oh, okay. I mean, I still liked it. I, I and it's and I agree with Cohen. It's you like it because you you like Clive Owen. You know, like even though he's not a great person, you like the way he talks. You like the way he thinks. You like the way he, you know, handles situations. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you are someone who says Clive Owen is Clive Owen in every movie. Yeah. Um, I mean. Since this is like an early film, I guess it's kind of hard to, to, you know, I mean, he's he's whatever he is in this movie. But is there anything I mean, do you care to elaborate on that or he just I, I think that when you um, so, I, OK, so talking about other Clive Owen movies, um, because that's, you know, children of uh, men uh, inside man, um, mm -hmm. he 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 always has this like certain kind of like confidence and, mm -hmm. and like he, like he's not, there's nothing wishy washy about him or anything like that. It's, it's, he, he, he he's, always, know, he's always like the most, he's always the smartest, most capable guy in the room. Yeah. That's, you know, that's his character in movies. And, 
And there are yeah. some variations, sure, but for the most part, that's that's pretty much it, and that's fine. Like yeah. he's a leading man; he's not a character actor, you know. Right. That's that's exactly what it is. And, then, uh, and there's there's other people like that. Like sure, like Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. You know, yeah. he doesn't do too much else, and and you don't want him to. You don't need him to. And I, I feel the same with Clive Owen. Like yeah. I like who he is. He doesn't need. He doesn't ever try to really be anybody else, and he doesn't need mm -hmm. to because you just like watching him for who he is. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I guess that's why I asked. I wanted to clarify that it's not that you don't like Clive Owen's acting. It's just that that's just the way <laughs> he's just Clive Owen. He's yeah. not trying to stretch himself into some crazy role or right. If I go on project. vacation and some guy is, you know, Clive Owen's in, in front of me, I expect him to go through security just like he would in the movies. You know, like he's, <laughs> you know, he's going to, he's just going to be Clive Owen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> I was reading a couple of reviews. I was surprised at how, like, high, like, I wasn't surprised at how, you know, it was highly rated. Like, Rotten Tomatoes is like 95% for critics. Audience is lower, like 70-something. But um, I was re reading one one uh, from a couple years ago, uh, like IndieWire or something. And um, it's, you know, it says... If you need an actor who emotes thunderstorms while his flesh is as still as a spring day, look no further. <laughs> I thought that was beautiful. Like, yeah, that's, that's it. pretty perfect. It's <laughs> good, but yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone should, you know, feel bad about being a Clive Owen fan because yeah, I'd say no, I, I like him. He's well. great. Yeah, he does what he does. He does it well. I I was surprised. I was I surprised. I was. After watching, I started thinking about Clive Owen, who I haven't given much thought to in recent years for whatever reason. And I was trying to think about all the movies. Like, what do I think of him? What, what do I think of him as? You know, from what? And of course, Children of Men is probably like number one. Yeah. And then I couldn't think of much else. It was weird. My brain just sort of like had a, you know, a mental block. And so I looked up his IMDb, you know, his his uh, filmography, and I was like, oh, right. There's all this, like, the thing where he played the driver in those BMW shorts, totally forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was, like, a big deal for a little while, you know? All these really um, A-list directors making these shorts with him and other, and other like, huge celebrities <coughs> for BMW. Totally forgot that. And I forgot... Yeah. I forgot he was in Gosford Park. I forgot he was in King Arthur. I forgot about Closer, Sin City, Inside Man. I forgot about all that stuff. It, yeah. What's weird is that really after Children of Men, he is, you know, he doesn't do much else all that fantastic, near as I can tell. I mean, it's a lot of stuff I haven't seen, but a lot of stuff I have. And it's like, eesh, nah, not great. Yeah. Um, was, maybe the international was was the uh, the last decent one, which was, you know, just did you guys see that one? I did. I didn't love what it. Was the, what was that? That sounds familiar. He's uncovering a financial institution's um, involvement in arms dealing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah I saw that. Like, like yeah, yeah, whatever. That. <laughs> it was, I don't know. I mean, I like. Um, the director that, you know, he did Run, Lola, Run and some other interesting things. When I think of Clive Owen, all I can see is 
him with round glasses and he's a he's an assassin in the born identity. Oh, the born identity. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's like. I think of that for some reason. I don't. I don't know why. I mean, it's very I small always, part. And, I do think of that because of, because of how small a part that was. Because I remember the trailers for that. And he gets he gets like a shout out in the trailers, star, you know, Matt Damon, blah, 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 and Clive Owen. It's yeah. like, dude, he was in it for like one fight scene and then he gets yeah. killed. <laughs> <laughs> He's good in it, though. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look what they make you give. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's been busy. He's, you know. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I yeah, never did see the him. Nick. I was very interested in the Nick, and I never saw it, the series he was in. Hmm. I never saw Closer. Really? That, that has quite a cast. Yeah, that's pretty good. That yeah. I think that won awards and stuff. Yeah. Julia Roberts, Jude Law, back when yeah. he was I guess that's. Popular. I guess that's that sort of goes against my he didn't do much after Children of Men. No, that was uh, before it. Was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was, wasn't it? Never yeah, mind. Two thousand four. Yeah. It's weird that this movie didn't make a splash at all in the UK, and then they released it in the in the US, and it did. Yeah. Did you also see it was it was delayed from release for two years? Yeah. Yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really say. I just said delayed. Yeah. You know, shelved. I don't know. The uh, director, Mike Hodges, though, he directed Flash Gordon. I knew you were going to bring this up. (laughs) That is a classic of our childhood. For me, anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not for anyone else. (laughs) Me and uh, Mark Wahlberg and Ted. Yeah. That's pretty funny. He has to leave leave his girlfriend to go to the party because Sam Jones is there. Mm-hmm. Do a bunch of coke and break some walls and stuff. Because yeah. it's his hero. I don't know. He also directed a movie called Morons from Outer Space. And I feel like, how could that not be great? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's up your alley. <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never even heard of it. I just saw it on his, his IMDb page. Yeah, I mean, this and Flash Gordon have nothing in common. I don't think. Uh, yeah. T- yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I no, wrong. I think you're you're spot on. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of his. I I didn't see Get Carter. That was like his early one. That's pretty good, actually. The one with um with Michael, Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not a bad movie. It's a good sort of crime thriller. Certainly more in line with Croupier than than <laughs> Flash Gordon. <laughs> one of the um, one of the uh, reviews of Croupier is that that the Michael Caine's Get Carter character was was you know kind of his attitude towards life was was the same character as Clive Owen's character, mm. um, yeah. and thought that was that that made me want to see Get Carter because. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's all right. It's totally decent. The remake like with King. Sylvester Stallone wasn't that great. But, you know, what? how many remakes are. Yeah. It says Hodge has got to start in... 
television as a teleprompter operator. Oh. <laughs> so I got to learn the business, and then he started writing scripts hmm. for you know TV first, and then teleprompter operator. I, I, I wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> Job descriptions like turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> don't turn it <laughs> face actor turn on <laughs> don't make any sudden movements i suppose someone ha i i wonder if someone like manually scrolls it oh yeah this, i mean this is a while back i guess or something i don't know 60s or so yeah 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 so i mean I don't know if that's a normal path into the movies. I mean, James Cameron just decided he was going to do it, right? He just like, he was a trucker and then he was like, yeah, enough of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure there's more to it than that, but yeah. in my mind, that's how it is. There's, I, I suppose there's probably a million different stories about how people got into it. You know, someone, yeah, like, I mean, someone like Spike Lee would say, save your money. Don't go to film school. Just watch a bunch of movies and make a movie. Hmm. Take, take that money you would have spent on school and, and put it in your first film. Yeah. Right. Which I am inclined to agree with. All right. Well, I'll start saving and uh, <laughs> sometime next year we'll make a movie. <laughs> well, these days equipment's so cheap. All you need is time and talent, I suppose. Well... In front and behind. Kind of short camera. on both of those. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, you get the you get the role you deserve, I guess. <laughs> so Sean, did right. you notice anything particular about the music? I you know, I noticed it was repeated a lot, but I didn't find it annoying, which is strange. You know, I, like, cause it's a pretty simple sort of, yeah, I mean, typical noir sounding stuff, but yeah, I liked it that it was sparse. The weirdest yeah. thing in the whole soundtrack, if you are, you know, in the, the weirdest thing in the movie <laughs> that I can remember is when they're at the, the, at the getaway playing cards and they're in the, and she's, um, she's roping him in you know she's saying oh i got my i'm all busted up i i right. owe these creditors and she's doing her sob story she's going through her spiel trying to reel them in and in the background is that bird or what or something in the oh, yeah. <laughs> and screeching yeah <laughs> doing that yell yeah that was a little <laughs> distracting i thought that was hilarious because i'm like either they really like that take or they just couldn't make it stop <laughs> yeah <laughs> it has authenticity <laughs> couldn't i couldn't figure out what that animal was i was like it's not an owl i don't know yeah. <laughs> if you watch the movie I listen for it <laughs> i like that you reminded me of the scene where he sees her after that that weekend getaway or not or whatever at his friend's house and you know he's like i see your bruise healed nicely and she's like what he, he taps his shoulder and goes, I still have mine. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. He yeah. calls her out for bullshitting. Yeah, and then he says, I don't think I sh we should see each other again. And then he kisses her. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, par for the course. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to call you out, call your bluff or whatever it is, and then do nothing about it, really. 
Well, also the randomness of the lady showing up with his car later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which goes absolutely nowhere. <laughs> are we to believe that was actually his car or just the same model? Oh, yeah. That's his car. That's his car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Was the roof all messed up? Because the roof yeah. was, was torn. Yeah. It was a little less messed up, but it was, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely the same car. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of little random things. But he holds it all together. Yeah. Yeah, why, why do we care? I guess we The weird, I mean, the writing thing is, is just one more contradiction, that he actually wants to write a book but then when he when he finally does it and publishes it, he does it anonymously, mm -hmm. and he says it's you know I know when to quit when I'm ahead I'm going to just do one book and that's it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, it's just odd that he want that he would want to do it do that. Or maybe he just felt like he needed he he just got it just tickled him I guess it just seemed like it was just he couldn't not do it he had to write it. Yeah. But it wasn't a drive for him it wasn't like a big deal. Yeah, I think you know. I, the movie has the voice voiceovers and and our um, our uh, you know exposition that, that um, I think it's he has to be writing a book. Like it's it's the only way to really get inside his head because normally I'm like I'm like okay I don't want to hear the actor talk like unless they really have to like if if the if the movie maker can show me who the person is. I don't need the person to tell me who they are. But I think in his case, you actually need it. You need him <laughs> to have a vehicle in which he gets to have this inner monologue to share with the audience. And, and really, I think for this movie, it really works. You know, there's a movie we reviewed recently. We're like, at the beginning, we're like, why did they even have that? You know, it wasn't needed at all. Yeah. Um, or uh, gosh, there's a horrible show on Netflix. Well, I shouldn't say it's horrible. A lot of people. Ooh, like a horrible it. show! Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> but they they have uh, um, what's that? The the little kid who's like half deer. Um, oh, oh, right. Sweet tooth. Yes. Yeah. So the the problem or not a problem with sweet tooth is that it begins and ends every episode with a totally unnecessary, like guy who's not even in the in, in the show at all just talking about like what's going to happen and what happened yeah and you didn't need it you don't need it at all it gives you nothing like you can just watch the show without the without yeah. having the monologue i agree with that i've, I've seen and enough of those to, to agree that, that drives me nuts and <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for those of you trying to get under my skin this is this is my weakness here it is <laughs> too much um, unnecessary no. voiceover <laughs> yes um sam is now explaining his <laughs> hatred for voiceovers <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this one I felt like okay, you get to know him and you get to know his thoughts and and then you also get to hear him actually become the character in his book. You know, like he's trying to write this guy and he's like somehow partway becoming that guy. So I, I, yeah. I liked how it worked. I'm not sure I'm sold on the Jack Jake thing, but I agree with everything you just said. Like you know, the the it makes sense as a book. He starts saying chapter name, cha chapter numbers, and and it kind of follows his whole experience and he. He's talking about the Golden Lion Casino, but they don't know, you know, because it's like every other casino. But um, 
What was I saying? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this is the part where Sean loses his brain. <laughs> <laughs> it happens about once every episode, so here we are. No, I, I, I was. I think I was just saying that uh, the voiceover does make sense. I don't know. It's gone. <laughs> like a fart in the wind. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, fart. Uh, Mike Hodges has some pretty interesting personal quotes on his uh, IMDb page. Does he? Yeah. So the, the first one on there is, the film is alive. You shouldn't stifle it. You should never over-art direct, over-conceive, or over-research, or walk in with an exact idea of how things should be done. Which, you know, interesting uh, to me. But it makes it the first thing I thought of was Wes Anderson. It made me wonder what Mike Hodges thinks of Wes Anderson films in uh, terms of oh, over point. art directing and over conceiving. Um, <laughs> also, he uh, he describes Flash Gordon as the only improvised twenty seven million dollar movie ever made. <laughs> um and then he, he has a quote about the United States. He says, America puzzles me, puzzled me from the moment I went there in the mid-1960s. Its motivation was totally different from that in the UK of those days, but sadly no longer. But what was it? I began to realize it was a culture based heavily on addiction. The object of every manufacturer was to make people become addicted to something, anything. Ew. Which sort of, you know, if that's true, sort of explains in some way why Croupier did not do well in the UK, but it did great in the US. Oh, it's it spoke to Americans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that that didn't translate not tra didn't translate, but the only thing that was uh weird weird to see is like the the basement flat, you know, this tiny basement flat in London. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um I mean it's there's that's just real estate i guess but it, it was it was it looked cramped i was like oh <laughs> i don't like the look of being in there and but <laughs> that's my very american way of saying that <laughs> uh it's hard to find a flat in london i guess i no, i just i, I guess it's just there, there wasn't too much about except for that there wasn't much about the sensibility it didn't appeal to me it wasn't i mean i think the gambling stuff the game, I think the the cheating stuff is is what the only thing that, that that puzzles me about the whole like okay I don't cheat he hates cheats you know he thinks the gamblers are losers but then he he also breaks his rule for that that little poker game they have yeah well he deals he doesn't when he oh you mean he cheats he cheats yeah I mean he he sets it up he sets he mm -hmm. deals from the bottom whatever he does and he sets up all these great hands mm-hmm um, and then, you know, when he's called on it and, <laughs> and nothing really happens, it's just sort of like, oh, well, with a skill like that, who needs to work? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, again, that's, I guess that's just part of his experiment. Another experiment he was doing or something. I don't know. Maybe he was just bored. Well, that's what I feel. What I was saying before, I feel like at some point in the movie, he thinks he's above everyone else and yeah. he just was going to play him, you know, and what's what's weird is that he doesn't lose like he doesn't like normally you'd want to that person you'd be like this person needs to learn a lesson you know yeah he doesn't he just he keeps ascending the whole movie <laughs> you know he just, yeah. he, sure he gets beat up some but it doesn't stop him he just keeps ascending yeah 
people around him lose. We should probably mention that as if you're, um, you know, sensitive to misogyny and stuff, this this might be a little triggering for you because he kind of jumps on a woman at one time. Um, after his, <laughs> he's got blood all over him, he just, just tackles her. <laughs> yeah. And, she, uh, you know, apparently she's into it, but it's, it's very unclear. <laughs> um, but how do you guys feel about, I mean, that's the same woman he sort of ends up with in, at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Also quite random. Yeah. <laughs> was it random or was it like, it seemed fitting. That, I don't know why, but that seemed fitting. But I couldn't put my finger on it. I mean, there's a lot of just gratuitous boobs everywhere, but I mean, I'm not complaining about that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm wondering who it's for. Like, what are we, because otherwise it's not, it's not like a guy, guy movie or anything. It's just, but you know, some of those things just sort of jar you a little bit like, whoa. And, but I guess that's the unease, all the stuff, you know, is his weird, you know, sort of rules and thoughts about things, you know, yeah. you just we're, we're along for the ride. I guess it's not that. You know, out of it's nothing. It's I don't, it's not out of character. It's just, it's just odd. Yeah, it is odd. Hmm. So, would you um, try to remake or make this? Or I don't think a sequel would work at all. But <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I don't know that you could remake it. I think you could try. I mean, I mean, you could you could change it around. So it's based on a play. Um, mm. So you you could. I, I don't know how the source material differs, but my my immediate thought to a remake is that it would end up like an Ocean's Eleven sort of thing. That there would be it would it'd be more cutesy. They would soften mm-hmm. the character. Um, and and have it more like that sort of you know they built up the con a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, you know so so there's a way to to remake it and Americanize it and, and kind of kill what makes it unique. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that's the, the, that that should be done, but <laughs> but I could definitely see someone using this and being like, you know what, there's enough here to go off of. You know, we can make Ocean's Eighteen out of this. <laughs> yeah there was there was something about i was imagining like would it be if you did it in vegas or something about how would that i mean you could certainly do the loser type gambler very effectively just about anywhere but there was a funny thing about um alex kingston though the um south african uh woman that she that she went to try to practice and she went to Vegas for some reason, and she blew a hundred bucks in twenty minutes at the blackjack table, yeah. which is like okay, we you, you just took the one shot at it, and that was it. <laughs> just a good. I know how to lose. I'm yeah. ready for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Quit doubling down every time. Oh, I, I yeah, I had a gambling question. I, I was curious about like the so when you had when they the dealer nowadays would ask you for insurance. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you have uh, a black, I don't know. They you have 21 against the the, the ace up on the right. dealer. Right. That you get paid out 
Or you, you can get half. I don't know. You get paid even instead of the one and a half. Instead of the three two. Yeah, that sounds right. But in this, it, in one scene, then he he just takes everybody. Somebody gets 21, hits, I think doubles down, right? And hits 21, and then he has mm-hmm. blackjack, and he takes it. Yeah. And that's not a push for some reason. I noticed is that, that too. Is that a, yeah. And I had no they, idea why. <laughs> I assume it's related to insurance, but I'll have to give, I'll have to research that. Anyway, that's that's it. That's all I got on the Kalings front. Mm. That that and the roulette like just doesn't make any sense to me. It, it's it's cool that it ends with him finally hitting the green, you know, which is the the house wins. Nobody else yeah. wins. Yes. Um. And then he looks at the camera as he's <laughs> swiping all that chips and he's the ability to make you lose, you know, and he's like, he's taking your, your money. Yeah. That was a, a interesting choice to have him look at the camera. Very <laughs> last shot of the movie. Yeah. I didn't mind it. It's just like, Oh, that's different. You know, with regards to the gambling, um, the, the thing I thought was odd is that, the girl, the woman, uh, the love interest. Um, <laughs> Which one? The, uh, the the lady from ER. Oh, yeah, the South African. Yeah, yeah. Alex Kingston. You know, they sort yeah. of position her as, like, perhaps a professional gambler, right? Did, did, I, did you guys get that impression? Yeah. I mean, it says it. Yeah. Yeah. So why is she playing roulette? Right. That's right. what that's like. That's something that bothered me a little because roulette has terrible odds. Yes. And there's zero. There's no way. There's is there any way? Like I'm not an expert in gambling, but you know, at least a blackjack, you you can apparently count cards or whatever and keep track. Or, but but in roulette, it's utterly and completely random. Like how can you? How can right. you cheat? Except for like slipping your bed in late. Mm-hmm. So it seemed odd to me that they positioned her as a professor, a professional gambler, playing roulette. That that's all. I, I mean, a, a bad gambler because she <laughs> that was her story was she owed owed all this money. Well, yeah, a bad gambler because she lost a shitload of money playing fucking roulette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the house edge on American roulette because it has two, it has the zero and the double zero, is five point two six percent. Bastards. So, where is perfectly played craps is less than one percent. Right, craps has perfectly much better played. odds, right? Yes, and which would have been a much more interesting game to be watching in the movie. <laughs> but I yeah, think roulette I think, is yeah. roulette. Everybody instantly understands. Like yeah. there's no yeah, there's yeah. no secret bets or anything. There's yeah. no yeah because I I still. I have no idea how you play craps. I don't really get it. I've never bothered to learn, but I've seen it played and I've seen it in movies and I still, it's a mystery to me. Whereas you're right. It's, it's a quick read for everybody. Yeah. And it's, there's a certain level of like tension involved that you don't get from other games really. Cause you true. spin that ball and yeah. just like the opening, the opening of the movie, right? Yeah. It just keeps spinning, you know, forever. He's the quiet center or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you get that sort of that sense of dread or tension or, you know, expectation as yeah. it spins that you don't get from other games. Yeah. At least not, Mo- not to that degree. Movie wise, it's a it's an obvious choice, I think. To right. Focus on that. Even though he does 
blackjack just about as much. Yeah. It made it made a lot more sense for him to be doing roulette. For yeah, for artistic reasons. Cause yeah, there should have been like, you know, a shitload of slot machines and you know, that sort of thing. I guess. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in a casino, but all right. Well, we haven't had a personal story for a while. What's the most you guys have ever won at a casino? <laughs> no, I mine. I have no good story about this. I, I don't really have a good story, but the first time I ever played poker in a casino, ooh, um, was was at the Bellagio in in Las Vegas, Damn. and it was extremely exciting and. The first hand I won, my hands were shaking because <laughs> my adrenaline was like so because I had lost I had lost a hundred dollars. I was playing at the lowest stake table, which even at the Bellagio is pretty low. They have a pretty low table, and I lost a hundred bucks like in an eye blink, and I was like, Ugh. so I bought in for another hundred, and then I won a hand, and that's that's like I re I reached for the the chips. And I just like dragged him forward and I didn't bother to stack them up because my hands were shaking so bad. I didn't want anyone to take them, even though they probably did. And then I ended up winning a total of $400, I think. But I had lost $100 and, and, and bought in again for $100. So really, I won about $200. Hmm. And that's probably the most. And then I stopped. And, it, it, you know, I won that pretty quick. I had like a quick, a pretty good run over the course of like an hour. And then I stopped. And I didn't, I didn't play it again. That's cool. I've never gotten the courage up to do it. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know. It probably sounds weird to people who play in poker rooms all the time, but to me, I'd never been in one. And it was the first time I ever played like an organized game that wasn't like with you guys in high school. Right. <laughs> or college. <laughs> Not wolf guts or. I don't know, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Didn't think no one listens to this podcast. <laughs> and I had, I mean, I had been in casinos before, but I had never played poker before. I'd only ever played like blackjack and slots and sort of the, but uh, I sort of worked up the courage to do that. Yeah. It was great. Okay. Well, I may ask you to revisit that when we watch rounders because that's. <laughs> <laughs> So I, too, have played Gambled at the Bellagio. Um, oh, yeah? Yep, by coincidence. And I play blackjack. Um, and V and I like to play craps um, every now and then, but we both know how to play it. But blackjack, if played perfectly, is the house edge is 0.5%. So as long as you know how to, um, you know, when to double down, split and everything, it's going to be really close to 50-50. So um, I'm cheap. So um, when I get up about 75 or 100 bucks, I quit because I'm like, all right, I've, the odds have gone my way long enough. They're going to swing back. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. So um, but the last time we played was a couple of years ago. I went to see David Spade at a comedy. Um, the, they had a comedy club at the casino that's that's a little like about an hour north north of us. And we were there like. I don't know, half hour early. So I'm like, okay, let's play. So we went back the cost of dinner and tickets, put it in my pocket, went and saw the show. It was nice. great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is satisfying. When I have been kicked out of a yeah. casino in Atlantic City. 
with Sam. Yeah, that was with me. <laughs> yeah. It was for nothing very exciting or interesting. You, I think you weren't 21 and I was. But, yep, that's exactly it. And they, they asked us to leave. <laughs> that's <laughs> good. I don't even think we're there very long at all. Nope. <laughs> were you already there or did you have to drive all the way to Atlantic City? No, we went on a road trip to, no, we were to there, New York. Yeah. yeah. We went to we went to New York City on a road trip. But then I, didn't we just go somewhere else and it was fine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the most uninteresting getting kicked out of a casino story ever. Yeah. Well they were so polite. Yeah. Are you old enough to be here? No, get out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I'm interested about your poker experience because I yeah, I I think it's it sounds really exciting and I definitely want to do it, but also like not the kind of fun I usually like like I like to just play some blackjack and talk shit with the people on the table and and get a free drink, you know, that's that's yeah. that's my like, <laughs> Sure. But yeah, if I really care, like, because poker is a skill game. I don't know. Well, I'll save that for rounders. Like I said, that, enough, <laughs> enough. Well done. I, I don't have any good stories. <laughs> Maybe I'll come up with one. You have to go make some after yeah. this. Spend the weekend in. Uh, where, where, what's the nearest casino to you? Some riverboat somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> There's one. <laughs> There's a couple nearby. We used to when I was in college. We used to go up to. Um, Oneida? Yeah, Oneida. Right? Went, that's where I first played Blackjack. Yeah, yeah I guess that's before. that's the only like intense memory I had. I was, you know, I had 40 bucks in fives, <laughs> and that seemed like a, a fortune, you know, in college. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, ugh. And then I think, I think the first time I played, I, I was doing what Sam does. He's sort of like, okay, I'm going to win my limit but then i was like well it's not happening fast enough so i got to like 40 bucks up and i doubled it i just went okay double you know 80 bucks and i <laughs> lost that one <laughs> i was like well that's over <laughs> all right yeah uh, talking about movies or something no we were <laughs> the gambling memories with three brains yeah. <laughs> yes Kids, don't gamble for fun. Don't don't get addicted. It's not. <laughs> yeah. So, where do we go next? All right. I have spent a decent amount of time trying to figure out what my goal is for these next next group of movies that that, that I'm going to pick. Now that we've hit the first hundred. So part of me is like, okay, I'm going Sean's angle and I'm picking stuff I haven't seen. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> which is weird because it hasn't really worked out that well. It's a weird and windy path, let me tell you. <laughs> but I kind of like the sense of adventure. But I wanted, uh, <laughs> but instead of just being like random, like, hey, what movie have I not seen that was made in 1989? Like, right. like, is there anyone out there who actually says like, here's some good movies that you might have missed. So I was, mm -hmm. I was trying to do a little research that way. Um, and then I also just have had this list that of, you know, back when we started the podcast, I've made this list that's pages long. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many movies on this that maybe I should do that. And I was like, you know what, maybe I need to start being pickier and just get like what I think is going to be the best movie of all the movies on this list and just keep doing the best one. 
So I know it's it's so difficult to to. <laughs> well, I'm to know. my seat here. Which way did you go? <laughs> Which are, well, so that's the thing is I'm like, you know what? So far, I'm the only one picking foreign movies. Mm. So I'm like, I'm gonna do another foreign movie. I picked and, one foreign movie. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> A memorable I, one too. Although, <laughs> yeah, I'll never look at young Japanese girls the same way again. Sorry, no. I picked two foreign movies. Oh, what was the other one? Super Cop. Oh yes, yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, almost not foreign. Almost not. Anyway, so. A little while ago, we talked about a movie that was remade and starred the same person yeah. who was in the original. Mm -hmm. There's one movie that I had on my list prior to reading, you know, to, to the interns researching that. And so when it came to discussing those movies, I was like, oh, I can't say this one because it's on my list and it's been like near the top of my list for a while. Mm. So this is a movie that was remade just a couple years after it was remade. I mean, after it was first made. It's a foreign movie and it stars the same actress who switches over from Spanish to English to be in oh, the new version. It. Yep. I think. Yeah, go for Does it. Does it open your eyes? Yeah. Yeah. I would try Spanish, souls. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, that's what I'm going for. I remember liking it. I obviously remember Vanilla Sky. Um, you know, that's a pretty big movie. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to see the original. I think they were both done in the 90s. Yeah. And so, you're picking Open Your Eyes, the original. Yes. But we're going to call it Abre los Ojos. Okay. Because <laughs> that's what it's titled. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've you seen it. Do the, so That's good. Penelope Cruz saying, open your eyes. <laughs> open your eyes. <laughs> it's uh, available on IMDb TV for free. Sweet. It's a lot of rhyming. Or you can rent it. Cool. I think there's commercials. That I, is there commercials on IMDb TV? I think I so, know. yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched one on there, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's free, with, free with ads. Yeah. Cool, that's a good pick. Is it on Prime? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> I can't even remember. I'll be interesting to see if I remember, if I have seen that one or just the Vanilla Sky. Yeah. I don't I remember the don't plot remember. of it at all. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Yay. <laughs> In the back of my mind, it's a little bit like Total Recall in a sense. Not that... Like the first third of Total Recall when it's like, no, you're actually dreaming. You know, they implanted yeah. the memory. Like that's that's all I remember from the movie is mm -hmm. is is it an, does this guy suffer some sort of memory implant? I don't know. We'll see. Makes me feel like I should pick a foreign movie. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> I picked them all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll pick a foreign movie. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> thank right. you for joining us. <laughs> this has obviously been our best episode ever. Yeah. Again. All right. That's enough, Mugbeth. I'm out. <laughs> cool. Okay. Join us for Abre los Ojos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell did I say? Oh, thanks for listening.
Bye. That's the film with your brains. Great puns.